uh, and as uh, I guess this is just Ashley. Okay. All right. Uh, is David invisible? I, I saw him. Okay. I know I saw him. All right. Would you stretch your hands up this way and let's pray for these guys. Father, we are so grateful, uh, Lord, to you for the people you uh, set in our lives, the people with whom you connect us, uh, and that you have made us to be a people, Lord, a corporate people uh, uh, together, uh, knowing you, loving you, serving you a, as a body uh, of Christ. And so we thank you for the connections we have in the Philippines and other places around the world. So this morning, Lord, uh, stir up your anointing in Ashley and David, Lord. Encourage your people uh, today and glorify yourself through them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Good morning, everyone. Um, it is such a blessing to be here with you all this morning and uh, to be with a, a congregation that has been uh, sowing into the Philippines for decades, probably the 90s, or, uh, and, and some of you have a much better memory of those days than I do because I was a very small ch child <laughs> here in this congregation hearing about what God was doing there and how you all been a part of it. So thank you as a body for sowing into the ministry. I know um, many of you um, personally have been investing in Northgate and what God is doing through Northgate, and we want to thank you so much for being such a significant part of something so much bigger than us. God is working, and even Northgate is just a little piece of the bigger thing that God is doing right now um, in the Philippines. And we're, just, we're very humbled. We're humbled that God has uh, positioned us in a place to be a part of all of this, and we are humbled that you all have stood with us um, through the decades. Um, Northgate's been um, serving for about 14 years, and we're so thankful for the way that you have been a part of it. This year, we've seen so much growth, um, so much fruit of years of labor and we are so excited. I have a little video that I'd like to share with you and then uh, help to encourage you with what God is doing. More than a decade ago, the Lord gave us a vision of a home for vulnerable girls where they would be loved, discipled, and launched into the world with a kingdom mindset. In 2017, God miraculously provided the land. And in 2019, we broke ground. Today, we are thrilled to announce that construction is finished. To each one of you who have journeyed with us, even through all of the added challenges of the pandemic, praying and giving so generously, we say thank you. While we have been building, God has been working. Some of our crew got saved. We were able to reach out to dozens of children in our neighborhood who have never heard the gospel. And God started a small church in our ministry space, bringing families together who share the vision of being mothers and fathers to the girls who will live here. Right now, we are working on appliances and furniture and deeply appreciate your continued prayers and support as we look forward to opening our doors. The transformation of this mountainside into a beautiful home and ministry space has been mind-blowing, but the transformation we are really excited about will be in the lives of every girl who will live here.
More than a decade ago, the Lord gave us a vision of a home for vulnerable girls where they would be loved, discipled, and launched into the world with a kingdom mindset. In 2017, God miraculously provided the land, and in 2019, we broke ground. Today, we are thrilled to announce that construction is finished. To each one of you who have journeyed with us, even through all of the added challenges of the pandemic, praying and giving so generously. girl who will live here. We are humbled by the way our ministry is growing and so grateful for our new facility that's making it possible for us to reach so many more people. Our congregation is growing into a community of faith and our kids program is blessing the children in our neighborhood. This year, we were able to host seven retreats for pastors and worship leaders. God met us during that time together and relationships were restored and God brought comfort and healing and vision and strength in His presence. Our leadership school in Tabuk is actively growing and our students are leading for the Lord in their communities. One is planting a church in an unreached tribal community, and there is so much hunger for the Lord growing in that congregation. Right now, we are launching Northgate Central Girls Home for at-risk girls, and we already have some new girls with us. We are humbled by the opportunity to sow into their lives and excited to watch God move through them. We deeply appreciate your prayers and your support, and thank you for being a part of what God is doing here in the Philippines. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, our home is open. We now have nine girls with us in Northgate Central Girls' Home, and each one of them has a very unique story. They come from different backgrounds, and uh, some of them have been through uh, incredibly uh, traumatic situations, but we believe that God has brought each one of them to us. And their life changed forever in ways that we can't even understand when they experience the love of God um, in the home that you all have helped build. And we wanna ask you to keep praying with us. Pray for us as we love these girls. Uh, pray, for, pray for these girls as their hearts more soft to the Lord and they receive what God has for them. Our, our desire is that we don't, in our, in our home with our girls, with our pastors that we lead, um, is not, that, not only that they hear and understand who God is, but they deeply experience who God is. We need to experience God's love, we need to experience God's spirit um, in a way that's grounded in his word. Um, that goes from just our mind to our, our whole life. The reason why Jesus came to earth is so we could experience him, not just so we would know him in our God, know God in our head. And he sent us out with his spirit so that we would be the same to each other, that we would be a channel of God's spirit so that people would experience who God is through us. And that is our prayer. Uh, the word Northgate actually comes from Ezekiel 44, where um, God led Ezekiel through the North Gate to an experience with God. And that's really our prayer.
that we would be that point, that we would be that place. For a girl who's had a very challenging life, uh, experiencing God is going to look different than helping a pastor who served alone for a long time. So Northgate does different things, but our desire um, under it all is that we would have an encounter with God, that we would be able to experience God's presence and that we would be able to lead them in a way that's life-changing. So thank you for being a part of this. Please keep praying. In a sense, we're finished with something. The building is completed, but really we're just beginning something massive. Um, so please pray that um, we would be able to be channels of God's um, spirit and that um, God would continue to change lives um, in this home and among the pastors and uh, the different people that we are ministering to. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank you all again uh, for this uh, privilege to, all, to be here and be able to share from the Word. Thank you, uh, Pastor Billy, the leaders of the church. Thank you so much. I uh, no longer count myself as a as a visitor to this church. And uh, I'm, I'm really humbled to uh, just be here and uh, speak from the word, but also to, um, you know, Paul would, would always say when he writes to the churches, he would say that I, I boast in, the, in your faith. And um, I think it's important for all of us. And I think it's important for, for uh, this church, this congregation, to know that all those years that you have sowed in, the, in what God is doing in the Philippines is not in vain. And a lot of you have been there. A lot of you have traveled extensively while you were there. And I'm sure that those, uh, those times were not easy. Uh, there were difficult times. I know that a lot of you had to endure the, the jeepney rides, the bus rides into the deep mountains and praying that you would make it back here. <laughs> um, I know that some of you got sick while you were there. But uh, you have um, done so much, this uh, church, through your prayers, through your support through the missions team that have been there, through the continued relationship that you still have with, uh, uh, with people in the Philippines, uh, I am here to tell you that um, those seeds are growing, those seeds are bearing fruit, and a lot of the people that you know, um, like my uncle, uh, Pastor Pepe, my, my dad, um, they pass on and they're home in heaven. And uh, um, you probably think that that's the end of those relationships, but uh, Ashley and I were there, and a lot of the people that uh, were ministering to, you are part of all those. And uh, I, I really humbly want to thank all of you for what you're doing. I feel so at home when I'm here. I see all your faces and feel all your love. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, let's pray. 
Father God, thank you that your kingdom is on the move. Your kingdom knows no end. And your kingdom is alive, O oh God. So thank you, Lord, that we are in your kingdom. You use us, you fill us, and you continue, O oh God, Lord, to use our lives to just reflect who you are. Thank you, Lord, for uh, working in us and through us. Lord, as we come to your word, once again, we do not take it for granted. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enable us to understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'd like to share from Psalms 23. It's a psalm that is... Um, so familiar to all of us, um, I'm sure that a lot, of, a lot of you here have even memorized these songs. <clears throat> but uh, I think that um, God would like to speak to us through these songs today. It is a song that's written by King David. Um, I thought when growing up in Sunday school, I would imagine these psalms when, when our Sunday school teacher would, would uh, teach from these psalms. And I would imagine a, a young boy in the, out there in the fields watching over the, the sheep and the flocks and uh, he'd be playing his harp and singing the song. But this song was written when he was at his old age, uh, the palace and it's a reflection of his life. And it captures the, a life that is, he, he died when he was probably 70. Um, he has already reigned for a long time in, in Israel. And he has been through the heights and the depths of uh, human experience. He had sinned before God. He has been forgiven. He's been restored. But he's also experienced... Uh, so much pain and, and suffering in that lifetime. And then he would pen these songs. And he begins to say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I will lack nothing. I think those words, when we, when we hear those words today, it just speaks about this relationship, a deep relationship of a man with his God, that he fully trusts him with all of his heart. And I hope that when we, when we speak about God today, that we do not speak about God like this person that is so far away from us and, and that our daily lives is, is just trying to please this God. Because this God is so personal that King David can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. Why would he say that? Well, one time in 1 Samuel, the, the, the prophet was sent to go and anoint the next king. And his very own father, Jesse, would not even consider David to be part of the selection for the next king. He was thinking about his other son, so nobody even bothered to go and call him. 
But God was thinking about him. And I don't know where we are in, in, our, in our walk with the Lord. Many times, you know, we, we go through these this, uh, hard times in life and, it, and it's magnified by, by this common experience that we all experience for the last two and a half years of the pandemic. I don't know how it is, uh, how it was here, but for us in the Philippines, it was, um, it was a different experience. Um, I didn't know that it's possible for, for our government to put checkpoints on every, um, every road, every entrance and exit of every town in, 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 a, in the Philippines. And I'm the only one who's allowed to go out and, and um, buy things for, for, for the family and for the construction that was going on. I, I just witnessed something that, well, everything can just change in an instant and all these things that we are holding on and, and like the routine that, we, that gives us security every day, we just crumble in just a moment. But God was thinking of King David and he was thinking, he is always thinking about you and me. And, and even when the world all the things that are going on in the world, God is mindful of us. God is mindful of you. So even when his father rejected him, nobody thought about him. God said to Samuel, look at the outside appearance of a man, but I'm looking at the heart. These are not the people that I want to be king. And so they brought King David, and he became the king of Israel. But it took another... 15 years or so for him to become the king. And throughout that experience, um, it wasn't actually a very good experience. It was not, uh, they live happily ever after. He was running most of those 15 years, running away from this king who is about to kill him. So he continues on he, and he would say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beyond, be, beside quiet waters. He restores my soul, guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And I think this is a phrase in this Psalms that is so defining. For his name's sake. Why would God do the things that he does for us? Is it because we deserve it? Is it because uh, somehow... We're living a life that is pleasing to Him, so in exchange, He would bless us. Or in exchange, He would lead you into green pastures and restores your soul. Or is it because this God, it is His character to love us, to accept us, to forgive us, to build us up, to lead us through all these difficult times in life. But at the end of it, he's doing it because he is a God of love. He's a God who cares about us. If I'm going to be so mindful of the things that I'm doing in life because I'm thinking I might, I might displease this God and he might get angry with me. This is a mindset that is so common in the Philippines. The, the mindset that you always have to please the gods or you always have to please your ancestors. 
And so, in my country, um, animism is uh, commonly practiced in, in many of the places where we go and minister. And so, it's translated even into uh, when they have a relationship with the Lord, that they always carry this, that uh, I have to do this and that because God might, might get angry with me. So, I come to church. I give my tithes and offering. I would do this and this because I don't want this God to um, be, I don't want his anger to be towards me. David is saying that this is not this kind of God. This God, it is his character. It is for his namesake. It is for his glory. It is all this that he's doing for you is because you can trust him that he will not change his mind about you. He looks at us and he knows our destiny. He looks at us and he knows what we can do. There are things that um, we, can't even, we can't even possibly dream of or imagine that we are capable of in the kingdom of God. But God is looking at that we're looking at our, our, ourselves now and maybe we have a foresight of maybe five years. But God is looking into eternity and He is looking at us and saying, I believe in you. I know that you can do this. And He does it for His name's sake. And then verse 4 would be a verse that we always would uh, reference and we say that even though I walk through the valley and shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think the key word here is you are with me. So even through the, the experience of death or even through the experience of the most difficult times in our lives, we need to understand that He is with us. He leads us through. Why does He lead us through? Because on the other side, is a quiet water where he would refresh us, where he would lead us into green pastures and he would just build us up. <clears throat> I experienced that. Um, it's recently my father passed away and uh, you, you heard me and, and um, talk about him. And uh, I've always thought that he will always be around. And then that day came. <clears throat> but uh, I realized that uh, when that comes, it could, uh, it could be a, a, an experience of worship that is so deep that you can only experience it in a, in a time such as that. There's a kind of worship that rises up from deep inside our soul when we believe that this God has promised us that He will walk with us even through death, even through the valleys and the shadows of death. <clears throat> um, we were in Florida when we heard about the passing of Dell and course, um, I always expect to see Del whenever I'm here. 
big smiles, bear hugs, you know, and um, always have a joke, you know, for me. But I know that when he when he passed through those doors, you know, we we have this we have this question sometimes that we we think about, um, you know, the experience of death. Like we we talk about that experience and our experience. But I don't know if we also talk we also think about what is the what is the experience of that person that is experiencing death, the one who walks through that door. Do you think that when he, when he runs into the arms of Jesus, that he would say to Jesus, Jesus, why did, you, why did you allow me to go through that experience? Why did I have to die you know, with, with cancer? Or why did... You no, know, just last year, we have this family that we know, a family of pastor, husband, wife, and two kids. And they were coming up from a conference up in the mountains in, in our area. And the, the car that they were, they were on uh, fell off a cliff. No one survived. Everyone died. Pastor and his family. And, you know, everybody was like, of course, we are overwhelmed by this tragedy. Because there were still two other kids who were not in the car. They survived. And you feel sorry, and you and you, you know, you, you have all these questions, and a lot of people who, who are not members of the church are saying, "Why is it that you have this God and did not protect them?" <clears throat> I was praying about that, and and I came to remember that everyone who comes home to heaven and run into the arms of Jesus would not even remember how they died because they're overwhelmed by his glory they're overwhelmed with this i am home finally at last i am home death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory he walks with us through death death cannot touch us it's just a shadow and david understood that in his old age and he knows that he's going to pass away. He's going to be home with God. And even before all the, the, the theology about God can be translated into understandable terms by any man, this man, King David, somehow understood that God is, has overcome death, has overcome sin and death. And that he can rely on him and he can trust him and he can walk through this door with the trust and full confidence that God would see him through. Because in verse 5, it says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. It's like celebrating in the midst of all your enemies, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of whatever we're going through in life. We can actually laugh at the world. We can laugh at all these adversities that are surrounding us. And we can claim victory. And we can say, God celebrates me even in the middle of all this. 
He sets us apart in the middle of all the human experiences that we go through and our cup overflows. Our cup overflows with joy. Paul would describe this as peace that surpasses understanding. The worlds look at you and they'd say that you're foolish because you can dance, you can sing in the middle of all the suffering and all the conflicts that's going on in the world. And he would end these songs with this verse, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <clears throat> I've never, um, you know, every time I come into the U.S., I'm, I'm, I'm so much amazed and fascinated by how fast people can drive here. <clears throat> it's amazing. And no matter how fast you're driving, there's always someone faster. I thought I'm, I'm running really fast. I've never driven this fast in the Philippines. And then a car would just, you know. But amazingly, the, the police here can drive even faster. <laughs> because they can catch anyone who's speeding. And that's the picture that comes to my mind. When, the Bible, when David would say that his goodness and his loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. We can run. We can try to run. And try to outrun God. But his love, his goodness, his loving kindness will always catch up with you. I think that's what David has discovered even before cars were invented. <laughs> he discovered that God would run after him with relentlessness and pursue him. All these experiences would lead into this last part of this Psalms. And he said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, all the Psalms, all the verses that we have read are all at the center of it. <laughs> God-driven. It is God acting. God pursuing you, loving you, restoring you. He would um, get you through hard times and even through the doors of death. He, he, will, he will be with you. But on this, on this verse, he'd say, I will dwell. I think all this that we experience about God should us to this decision in life to say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Eternity is not something that we will experience after we pass on, you know, after death. Eternity is here. The presence of God is here. It will be magnified in heaven. But we're experiencing eternity now. And that's why it's important to choose God now. Because there's no way that you, you walk into eternity and you would say, Okay, God, I'm, I decide now to stay here. The decision is here. The decision to live this life to the full and experience God and, and His presence is just is 
right here, right now. And so when we pass through the, the doors of death, we're just continuing on in the presence of God. And we see all the, all the physical manifestations. We, we, we experience the fullness of His presence in heaven. And David understood that. That all this that I have been through, all this, this life that I have lived, one thing that I can do now is I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will dwell in His presence right here, right now. I'm not going to wait. Actually, there's no time to wait. We need to decide that now and say, Lord, I'm going to be living in your presence right here, right now. And the moment that we do that, the moment that we realize that His presence can be, can be experienced here on earth in the middle of all this happening all around the world, the moment that we realize that something happens because all of a sudden, His presence dwells in you and you become an extension of heaven here on earth. You become that light that Jesus was talking about. The salt and the light in the world. You become that, that light that would just shine in the middle of darkness and would give hope to many people all around you. It becomes that this life, all of a sudden, there's a purpose in this life. There's a reason why we're here. Of course, this life is, you know, we, we, we get old. I celebrated my, my 50th year this year. I, I never thought that I would reach 50. I thought that I will stay young <laughs> forever. But I think there, there's something that you can only, again, um, realize and, and really experience, you know, as you, as you age. And uh, these are the things that are running through King David's mind. I'm going to die. Is this life, what happened? You know, what did I do? Is, did I make a difference? And those are the things that I know all of us are thinking about, you know, as we age. Remembrance is, is such a powerful thing. Jesus even said that about communion, do this in remembrance of me. Because we look back into our lives and we, we see how God has moved each and every day of our lives. And so, in the Bible, they, the, the children of Israel would always say, God, we've heard of you. We've heard of what you have done. We've heard of your fame. Do it again in our days. And so, in this life, I can now dream. I can now look at the, that next generation that's coming after me. And I want this life that I'm living to be able to have an impact on them and that I will build foundations where they can also build on in their relationship with the Lord. Make a decision to say, Lord, I will dwell in your house. I will be a host of your presence. I will be your kingdom here on earth. It doesn't have to be that you, you, you have to become missionary and move to a country like the Philippines, you know, to make a difference. 
wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever job we hold, that's your mission field. That's the ministry that God has given to you. You may have um, a title that the world has given you, your company has assigned to you. You're a manager, but you are a pastor. You're a minister. You're a dad. You're pastoring your family. You're an uncle. You know, all this circle of influences that God has given us, He wants you to shine for Him. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Make every relationship that we have in our lives, make, make each one of the people that we have in our lives experience God through us. I want to end this <clears throat> with what Ashley was talking about. Back in 2009, when, when Reggie and Debbie were, you know, do their trips to the Philippines every year, and, and we were praying, and we were, we were asking God, Lord, we, we, we're going, we, we know that um, this that we do every year, God is preparing for, for a ministry that we have to do. Um, and we know that Reggie and Debbie would probably not make those trips anymore. And I felt in my spirit that God is saying, because this is what we've always done, you know, in, in those seminars and conferences that we have done. We let people experience God. That's what we do. We go into a city, we choose a high place, the top of a building, and we would just worship God and let His presence come down. And people who will come there will, will experience God and afterwards they'd ask what, what just happened. What was that? You know, and so you, you explain to them the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And so that's where Northgate started. Ezekiel 44.4 is an experience of God. Sometimes we talk about the Word, but we do not really experience the Word. We talk about God, but there's not enough experiences in His presence. Dwelling in the presence of the Lord is not only understanding His words and and the Bible, but also experiencing Him in a personal, powerful way. And sometimes we, we think that th that is a mystical experience. That is speaking in tongues, that is singing and prophetic, all, all these things. These are good. These are experiences of the Lord. But the world needs to experience God through us, through you and me. In the hugs, in your smile, in your handshake, in the way that we deal with people. The enemy understands that, and so he brings all this. He's doing everything that he can to divide us, divide the church, divide everything. Why? Because he doesn't want people to experience God through you. God is in you. We just went through a whole psalm that, that says that this God that we serve, pursues you relentlessly and He lives inside of you and walks with you every day. The world needs to experience God through you. God bless you. Amen.